Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio, a Monday edition of the program. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Hope you had a great weekend. Weather was immaculate. Felt like I was living in San Diego this weekend. Now I want to go to San Diego and just live there forever and never come back. Well, maybe come back occasionally, I guess, like if the Orioles are going to keep ascending. We have to stay here to watch the Orioles. I will want to be there for that. Wait, Manny Machado's okay, right? They said it was just a sprain. That was the uh, word. Yeah, I think so. I think right. it wasn't. Right. Enough, it, it looked really bad. Serious. looked really bad, but I did see that x-rays were negative. Um, yeah, a lot to talk about on a Monday edition of the program. The Orioles take two out of three from the Rays. Gone are the days. The Rays just kick the Orioles' asses. Weird series. Three one-run games. The Orioles win the ones where nobody can score. And the Rays win the one where there was a bunch of runs scored. It was just sort of a weird, um, weird, weird way that everything played out over the course of the weekend at Camden Yards. We'll discuss it. I'm also coming up a little bit later on in the program. Looking forward to catching up with Logan Wisnowskis. Of course, uh, Logan was the best player in all of college lacrosse this season by far. Tawaritan winner, led Maryland to an undefeated season and national championship. And now he's on to his uh, pro career as the former boys Latin star is uh, part of the PLL. And they are coming to Baltimore this weekend. They'll be at Homewood Field. We'll catch up with Logan Wisnowskis, the former Terp, a little bit later on in the show. Also a little bit later on, Joel Corey, CBS Sports Analyst, former NFL agent, will check in with us. We're going to talk some more about Lamar Jackson's situation. And uh, Jeremy Kahn will join us as he does every Monday here on GCR. So lots to do here on a Monday edition of the program. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Perhaps you're sad. Basketball season is over. And you're like, what, well, what do I do now? Well, no worries. You can be in the FanDuel Sportsbook every day of the week, whether it's tonight for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final, whether it's the baseball action later this week, whether it's the upcoming start of Wimbledon. There is always something going on, and there is always a good reason for you to be hanging out in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And start thinking about what your plans are going to be for football season because I know – that Sundays in football season, and look, Thursdays too, Monday nights, but Sundays in particular are going to be mob scenes inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. So what I would encourage you to do is start making plans now. Start figuring out with your friends, hey, do you guys want to be there to bet the games every Sunday? Because if you do, you're going to want to start messaging events at sportssocialmd.com. Because if you're planning on coming out like a group of the boys, 80, a 10 of you, whatever it is, you're going to want to make sure you've got space. you got room. You want to host your fantasy football draft there? Here's what I was just thinking about. The weekend for your fantasy football drafts, that's Labor Day weekend. If you're doing it before then, you're a stupid. Love you, but you're a stupid. Guys could still get hurt. 
You want to do your fantasy football draft as close as humanly possible to the start of the season. So Labor Day weekend is a perfect weekend to do it. And it just so happens to be that they also play college football on Labor Day weekend. So stay with me because I can do this math. Two plus two equals do your fantasy draft on Labor Day weekend in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel so you can be betting the college football slate while selecting your fantasy football team. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the electricity or because the fan is blowing directly on my legs. I don't know why, but it's giving me goosebumps. The rest of the show will not be this good. I am way too fired up about the idea of a fantasy draft on Labor Day weekend when you can go and bet the college football games. Oh, my God. Who's playing on Labor Day weekend? I, uh, no, you know what? Now, now, screw the rest of the show, Griffin. Not, not important. Tell everybody else we got we, – we don't have time for them. We got to do this. This is far more important. What are the college football games on Labor Day weekend? So not week zero. Week zero, of course, there's a couple of games. I haven't even. Bo- I don't know why I haven't bothered. I the big be- game. The big game is going to be Towson Bucknell. Ah, that is the one that everybody yes. cares about. That's yeah. a great so, point. That's the one that Towson will def- most certainly cover in their trip to Lewis. By the way, week zero is loaded this year. Holy crap! There's like eight, ten games. On They're just going to have a week one and week one a. Uh, week one, so there's all the Thursday and Friday. By the way, Thursday, Friday, also still acceptable dates. And, um, you know, anytime during Labor Day weekend on Sunday, Florida State, LSU. Ooh, ooh, maybe Sunday night. Maybe do your, maybe you schedule your fantasy draft for Sunday night of Labor Day weekend in the fantasy, or in the, in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And you could be there hanging out watching the Florida State LSU matchup. On Monday night, there's Clemson and Georgia Tech. But some of the games on Saturday include, oh, look at this slate. Notre Dame, Ohio State? Oh, are you kidding me? That's a pretty good way to start the season. Whose idea was that? That's a hell of a way to start the season. Um, Oregon, Georgia? Ooh, Oregon, Georgia is really good. Wow. Penn State, Purdue? Penn State. Why a lot they, of conference. Why are they I know. Big Ten games. Maryland's playing uh, Buffalo and Navy's playing Delaware that first Saturday of the season. Not the first, it's not the first Saturday of the season because there's week zero. Stupid week zero. God damn. Point being, again, imagine you take that Saturday and you say, let's all get together. We'll be in the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can bet all these college football games and do your fantasy draft at the exact same time. Cincinnati, Arkansas? Jeez. Cincinnati, Arkansas. Is yeah, good. that's, that's really a really good, good one. one. Yeah. Is that Sunday? The third is the Sunday? No, that's Saturday. No, Saturday. Yeah, okay. yeah the only Sunday game is the uh, Florida State LSU game. <sighs> Email events at sportssocialmd.com, and you can reserve your spot to do your fantasy draft that weekend or whenever you want to do it. Then there's other things to bet on. You can bet on preseason football games for what it's worth. I, you have, I think you're a psychopath, but you know what? I shouldn't be here to judge. That is not a good way for me to sell the FanDuel Sportsbook. Bet whatever you'd like. Don't let anybody judge you. Whatever you're into, we don't kink shame. Everybody knows that. There you go. Now, that's my big sell. Uh, Orioles win two out of three over the Rays this weekend. You know, I don't want to overreact to anything because it's sort of the story of the season for me. I'm not going to overreact to much. I'll continue to say all the same things. It was a pleasant weekend. Dean Kramer had far more to offer than any of us could have possibly expected. They somehow got their way through a game yesterday in which they didn't have a pitcher. And nobody was particularly good until you got, you know, the back end of the bullpen continues to be brilliant. 
Like everybody was a little shaky, but they all managed to work their way through yesterday. Pleasant little weekend. Very cool to see Adley Rutschman get the game-winning RBI on Friday night. That's a neat moment for him. Megan throws from the outfield, getting runners out of the plate yesterday. Gunning runners down, trying to steal. But it was just all of it was really fun. Uh, a crowd of over 20,000 at the stadium yesterday. Weather was just immaculate for going to a baseball game yesterday. And it was Father's Day, and there was a giveaway. You had a lot going on. Just a fun weekend to have been at the ballpark. What does it mean? Again, not much. It's winning two out of three games at home against a good baseball team, which is a nice thing to do. It, it makes you feel good. It doesn't put you in a playoff race. It doesn't guarantee anything about the future of your franchise. But the bar is so very low that we treat it like it was some sort of magical, life-affirming weekend. It was pleasant. It was it was better than a lot of weekends that we've spent watching baseball in Baltimore for the last five years. What else was it? This is the tricky part of this. And, and it's the part that I, I genuinely feel bad when we have conversations this way. Because I know there are a group of hardcore died in the wool, all I care about is the Orioles or all I care about is baseball types of fans. People for whom they're not disappointed that the NBA Finals are over and there was no Game 7 last night. People who will never pay attention to anything else. That it's baseball, 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 baseball for these folks and for them... This is this is something more because they're invested in every game no matter what. No matter what the team's record is, no matter what the reality of the circumstances are, they're invested. So because they're invested, experiencing these things that are pleasant or are neat or whatever a more measured, reasonable adjective might be to describe them, they feel a bit more electric about it. Because they're the ones that are watching no matter what. Some of the rest of us, not specifically me, might have spent a bit more time watching golf this weekend than we did watching baseball. Again, not your boy, but I get it. For a lot of people... The Orioles might have registered a little bit less this weekend because there was a golf tournament going on that you cared about. That doesn't make what they did any less neat, but our response is typically correlated to how significant we feel like the Orioles and baseball are. For some people, it's everything. Just don't care about any of this other stuff can't get me to care about it no matter how important it is to broad I, some people just aren't sports fans they're baseball fans they're Orioles fans maybe they're Orioles and Ravens fans but nothing else matters 
And again, for those people, you can get their response. You can get their reaction. Oh, my God, what a weekend. Taking two out of three from the Rays. This feels good. This is what competitive baseball is like. Well, easy. Competitive, I guess. I mean, like, again, when you're a 500 team since Adley Rutschman got caught up. You were playing, I, I think I saw the number over the weekend, you were playing 400 baseball before Adley Rutschman got caught up. You've been a 500 team since Adley Rutschman got caught up. You're still not good. And we can use all of these, we, we keep trying to rewrite the measurement, right? And like everybody keeps trying to bring up how many games in the last season it took before the Orioles reached certain win milestones. And again, I get it. What you're, what you're saying is there's progress, and this absolutely fits what we wanted from this team going into the season. Going into the season, I kept saying, it's not about wins and losses. It's not about whether or not you're competing to do something because that's not going to happen. What it's about is do you see that there's a there there? That's for my friend up in New York that loves it when I say that. Do you see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel? which guarantees nothing about this working. Showing positive signs does not guarantee that a year from now the Orioles will be competing for something. But it is part of the process. Teams don't go from moribund, worst record in baseball, to winning their division the following year. There are steps along the way. Going into the season, this was the step that we needed to see taken. We needed to see a team go from utterly awful. And let's be fair, that's what they were a year ago. They were utterly, there's a reason they're going to be picking number one in this year's draft. Because they were utterly and completely awful. This is a stop along the way. Pleasant, but pleasant doesn't work in a world in which everything is goat or trash, right? We're not capable of just sort of saying things the way that we're supposed to say them, being accurately describing what's going on. It's pleasant. It's better than it's been. It's better than many of us thought it might be. The problems still exist for as encouraging as Adley Rutschman might be, for as fun as Jorge Mateo is, although I don't know what he was doing. He got really worked up in the moment yesterday. Got really worked up after the crowd was whipping him up into a frenzy for stealing second base. He's like, I'm going to go take another. Got really worked up. For as fun as it is to watch Jorge Mateo play, there still isn't pitching. There's, it's still not there. Not not to do something. Not to move to a next step. The pitching's not there. D.L. Hall's last start was by, maybe not by far, but was, was probably his best one at AAA Norfolk, and hopefully that's a sign of D.L. Hall sort of getting it all figured out at the AAA level and maybe projecting towards him making a debut before the season is over. I, I think he will. I think short of injury or him, you know, 
completely blowing up, the Orioles will try to get him here so they can point to 2023 as D.L. Hall being a part of the equation in some capacity. But the pitching's not here. And if anything is likely to be lessened, there are starting to be arguments made. I saw uh, my, our old friend Paul Valley make an argument over the weekend on Twitter about Jorge Lopez. Jorge Lopez seems like an obvious trade candidate. Uh, we were talking to Peter Gammons a couple weeks ago. Peter Gammons was raving about how much the Red Sox like Jorge Lopez and would want Jorge Lopez if he were to be available. I don't, I don't know what it is that they're paying, but Jorge Lopez certainly appears to have some value as a potential trade chip. But there's this other side of the conversation, and that other side of the conversation is that, you know, if you think you can compete next year, don't you want to have more pieces on your own team in order to compete with? And it's a fair question. Now, everybody's circumstances are different, right? Like, you sign Jordan Lyles to a one-year deal. Jordan Lyles, you're going to trade at the trade deadline for whatever you can get. He's a mercenary. He's a rental for you. Let him be a rental for someone else because there's always a need for pitching. Jorge Lopez, similarly, similarly, yeah. I talk for a living, believe it or not. Similarly, you could say was here to be a mercenary, but Jorge Lopez is still arbitration eligible for another two years. So the argument would be, why are you moving Jorge Lopez if you think you could contend or take that next step and the things could start coming to fruition next year, certainly by 2024, wouldn't you want it to be a piece of that? You've got someone who's been a revelation. Who's been outstanding. It is a high leverage reliever. Why move on from that? Why deal that? Sure, you're not going to win something this year, but by next year you're going to be trying to at least. I would like to hope you're going to be trying to, right? So if that's the case, why are you in a rush to move on from Jorge Lopez? And my answer back, not directly to Paul, but to anybody who's asking about these questions, would be, I hear you. I'm listening. There's a price. You know, it's a, it's a million-dollar man. It's Ted DiBiase's situation. Everybody's got a price. There's a price by which... I'll trade Ori Lopez to the Red Sox. It's a serious price. I, it's unfair to say this is a everybody's available situation. It's no longer that to me. It's no longer everybody's available, in part because for the most part now, the guys that are in the lineup are guys that you can picture as being here for a bit, for the most part. In Mullins, obviously, Hayes, Santander, although I still think he's going to be a trade chip. Mateo, you can argue. Rutschman. I mean, like, we're, there's, there's at least half the lineup is now guys that you can 
envision, at least envision, as being a part of the future. Tyler Nevin, it's a stretch, you know. Mount Castle, of course. I don't know why I didn't say his. My God, I don't know what I was blanked on that. Not those guys, Hayes, Mount Castle, Mullins. There's no reason why you would make those guys available. No reason at all. Even if much as you like the middle infield prospects that are coming, even if we all think Jordan Westberg, Gunnar Henderson are going to make up the middle infield of the future for the Baltimore Orioles, there's no reason to be moving on from Jorge Mateo. There's too much to like there to suddenly just say, well, we're going to put all our eggs in the basket of two guys that have played a combined 14 or so games at AAA. There's no reason for that. It's not, it's no, in past years, we would get to this point of the season and it would be everyone is available. Everyone. No one's untouchable. But we're now finally at a place where we can say, no, there are, there are as many, if not more guys in the order that aren't touchable than there are that are. We can say Anthony Santander should be available. We all like Rugnet Odor. He's been a lot of fun. I don't know why a team would be looking to trade for Rugnet Odor, but if they were, Rugnet Odor would be available. Needs to be available. I mean, it has to be available. Come on, man. Like the guy. He's been fun. He's been pleasant. But let's not oversell that. Trey Mancini is probably available. We're not going to like it, and it's worthy of deeper and further conversation, but the reality is Trey Mancini is probably available. The list of guys that are available is is small as far as the order is concerned. The bullpen is this sort of weird place. It's it's just it's difficult to figure out who we think can sustain this for 3 to 4 years versus who's having an outstanding season but could go right back to being a miss by next year. It's the difficulty of, of kind of almost any bullpen arm. And that's, that's at the center of the Jorge Lopez consideration. Is Jorge Lopez someone who's going to be dominant for the next three years? Or at least the next two, because that's... that's what you have, you have two more years beyond this? I don't know. I could not tell you. I, I, I couldn't possibly tell you. It's something that, you know, maybe we'll start talking about with, um, with guys that are smarter than me. Maybe we'll start having those conversations. Maybe this might be a good week to, to, to start putting um, some guests on that can, can talk more intelligently or eloquently about that. I don't know how you determine. Bullpen arms are so fickle, man. They are so bloody fickle in baseball. I don't know how to tell who's going to be the guy that can sustain for three to four years of success versus who's the guy that's having a magical season that by next year it's just over. I, I have no clue. 
I have no clue. And it's a difficult decision for the Orioles to make because the point is well taken. The point of, you think you're going to be good soon. If you do, you could use a pretty spectacular back end of the bullpen arm. And that's what Jorge Lopez has been. He has been spectacular. You could use that. You could use Dylan Tate. You could use the guys that have been your your high-leverage A bullpen arms this season. A good baseball team will benefit from having guys like that at the back end of their bullpen to try to nail down wins next year. A team that wasn't supposed to be good has benefited from that this season. It's been like... When we used to have a bullpen in Baltimore, remember when there was a Darren O'Day and a Brad Brock and a Zach Britton, and you got into the late innings of a baseball game, and you were like, we're going to win this baseball game. And I'm not trying to compare these guys to that because that was you know, historic. But it's that feeling. The feeling that you've had is we genuinely trust these guys that are at the back end of the bullpen. And you could say maybe the leverage, maybe the when we use high leverage, we have to wink-wink a little bit because the games don't really matter the way that the games mattered you know, in the era of O'Day and Britain and Brock, etc. But, I mean, they're still at stake. The games are to be had, and these jo- guys are getting the job done. So do you deal them? <sighs> It's not an easy question. I mean, it's just really not an easy question. I, this is Glenn Clark Radio. I don't have the answers, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. The best, the easiest thing for me to say is, for a price, yes. For a price, I'll still probably deal even successful bullpen arms because I just don't know. There is too much. It, it's too much of a crapshoot to try to figure out. Who can sustain this for years to come? There's a lot to like about Jorge Lopez, man. This has been an unbelievable experiment. But one that I know for sure will lead to success for years to come. I mean, I don't know for sure that we'll still talk about Jorge Lopez this way by the end of the season. I don't know. How could I? What am I basing that on? His talent? I mean, he's talented. There's no question about that. It's not easy. This is not, it's, dude, it's really not easy. It's easy to talk about some of these other things. It's easy to talk about Trey Mancini's value to someone else's versus his value to you and say, hey, you know, he's not the one that's blocking Kyle Stowers, so trade Santander instead. Let Mancini stick around. It's easy for me to say things like that because I can come up with a roadmap for it. I don't know. Because I don't know enough of the science of how you figure out what works and what doesn't. As far as bullpen arms are concerned. And it's super easy for someone else to say, you can just find another Jorge Lopez next season. Because hell, you found Jorge Lopez this season. It's the easiest dumb guy thing to say when having this conversation. It's the most breathless thing you could possibly say. Go ahead and trade Jorge Lopez because you can just get another Jorge Lopez. You're at the store with mom and you're like, mom, can I have a Jorge Lopez? And she's like, no, we've got a Jorge Lopez at home. 
Then you get home, and the Jorge Lopez you have at home ain't the real Jorge Lopez. We've all been there. My kids are starting to get hip to it. Took them to the movies on Saturday night. They're like, Dad, can we get some snacks? I'm like, no, we have snacks at home. All we got at home is some sun chips. I love sun chips. The kids, they wanted some Doritos. I did uh, actually sneak a, a small bag of Doritos into the movie theater. I, can't, I feel kind of bad about it, but not all yeah, that Yeah, I don't bad. think you should. Not really you, you all have that to bad. Do it. It's my price gouging thing. And if it, the kids weren't with me, I wouldn't do it. I don't do that. It's not a, it's not a bit that I do. I don't sneak. I just don't buy snacks. I, I, would, I would buy things at a movie theater if they didn't price gouge you. It's the same way I feel about a lot of events. I, don't, I will not be price gouged. I, Glenn Clark, personally, I will not. I will not do that. I buy popcorn. I have to. I have to have popcorn. Don't. I don't get it. Popcorn is a. It, like I don't know what it is. Popcorn is a terrible snack. That just because we associate it with movie theaters, we 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 lower ourselves to the consumption of popcorn. No one ever in a normal setting wants popcorn more than you want a nice bag of chips. Yeah, I don't need popcorn outside of the movie theater. Of course you time. don't, because it's a it's a D or E level snack. And by the way, there there are elevated popcorns. You know, there's like Old Bay popcorn. There's 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 you know caramel cheese. There's there's better than plain popcorn or just buttered popcorn, but it's still a low level snack. It's still far below other snacks. But yet we go to the movie theater. All of a sudden we're like, oh, you can smell the butter, and you're like, I need it. I need it. Nope, not your boy. Your boy will not be gouged. Well, good for you. Will not happen. You can make fun of me all you want. It's part of uh, my Father's Day celebration is recognizing this is one of the things about me as a dad. I will not be price gouged. You won't do it to me. I will be miserable. I'll think to myself, boy, I could really go for a beverage and not get a beverage. Because I know, I know that you are charging me three times more than what I would pay for that anywhere else, and I won't. it won't happen to me, not to me, to anybody else. Somebody says, well, that's the reason why the movie theater is going under, because they can't make their money that way. That's their problem. They're charging me plenty for tickets. They're all like, hey, we're happy to have you back. Are you? Because you're robbing me of an arm and a leg in order to get me back. Took him to see Buzz Lightyear on Saturday night. And I was like, oh, God, they're going to get there. I know how this is going to go. We had a birthday party in the afternoon with the, uh, the, my five-year-old. It's like his eighth birthday party of the season. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on with that. All he gets is birthday parties. I don't think I've had this many birthday parties in my life. This kid's had a birthday party every day. What's this party for? This is for his school friends. What was the last one for? It was for his lacrosse friends. What the hell? How many parties? The last one wasn't even a birthday party. It was a graduation party for, for preschool. Anyway, the moral of the story being, I will not be price gouged. So I said on my way out the door, I'm like, I'm going to bring a little bag, a little fun size bag of uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. And then you had to open it in the theater. You know? I don't care about that. that made a lot of noise. Nobody, nobody in the theater is going to rat me out. Oh, look at this guy. We got to get him out of here. He brought Cool Ranch Doritos. I've watched people eat entire meals in movie theaters. I swear to God, like the 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 the, the picture that was going around on Friday night of the couple on the upper deck at the Orioles oh, game yeah. that was eating uh, spaghetti, and I think they said later it was actually SpaghettiOs, which is so much worse. <laughs> like if it was spaghetti, respect. It, yeah. SpaghettiOs. Just the cold hell, SpaghettiOs. What the hell are you doing with your life? Why, why would you consume that at home, more or less, a baseball <laughs> game? Spaghetti, I'm all in for. 
All in. Great idea. Um, I've watched. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I legitimately watched a, a young woman carry a Victoria's Secret bag into the movie theater, sit in the same row as us, and proceed to bring out like a three-course meal wow. People are gonna start in Tupperware coolers. containers. Yeah. You can't get away with it. They, they, somebody would would notice a cooler. The pimple-headed kid that's checking your ticket would be like, hey, "Sir, I'm not. I'm not sure you're supposed to bring that in." But like the Victoria's Secret bag, what are they gonna do about that? You just went shopping. They're gonna ask to see your unmentionables. It's it's the brilliance, actually. And I said that to the young lady. This was a while back. This was before <laughs> the pandemic. I said I was like, "That's genius," because they're never going to say, ma'am, may I look inside your Victoria's Secret bag? Because you'd, you'd hit him with like a, you know, a sexual, it'd be a Me Too moment. No, you want to look at my underpants, you creep? No. And meanwhile, inside, she's got Broccoli Rob. <laughs> she's got an entire meal. She's got some lemon chicken. A nice bed of rice pilaf. Do you remember what movie it was? I don't. I wish uh, I remember what movie it was. It it was it was definitely not a kids movie. It was definitely a, uh, but like I I was mesmerized. It was, this is genius. You were watching her more than the movie. I really was. It was very like, distracting. What was next? What I was couldn't come out of the. Pit? I don't remember who I was with, but I kept looking. Like, like do you see? <laughs> do you see what's going on over here? They got like a four course meal going on. I would get food at the movie theater. They just didn't price gouge me. If it was the same price as if I walked across the street to the uh, J T McFlanagan's. You know, if it was the same price for an order of wings, I would just get an order of wings in the movie theater. But it's not. It's not not an option. I don't know how we got here. Oh, I was talking about the kids. The, I was talking about the uh, uh, Jorge Lopez. I got my own Jorge Lopez oh, right, at home. Right, right. Yeah, so I snuck in. <laughs> I said, I'm going to bring a, a fun-sized bag of Cool Ranch Doritos and win the kids because we, we had a birthday party in the afternoon. And it was awkward because we, we did, like, uh, hot dogs and we did um, – you know, a fruit and cheese and all the whole, the chips, the whole deal, and the cupcakes. Got it. But that was at like, th- the party right. was at like three, and they probably ate around like four, so it wasn't going to be perfect. Like, th- there was going to be a time before bedtime where they are going to be hungry again. So I just knew I had to do something. So I felt bad about it, but I was like, I don't care. I'm sneaking the chips into the movie theater. That's the way it's going to go. Um, and I'm glad I did, because not 20 minutes in, by the way, the, the Buzz Lightyear stinks. Really it stinks on. I this. heard it was better than the Jurassic the, the World. Dumb, well, I don't know about that. I mean, the, people, pe- I mean, people don't seem to like Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Buzz Lightyear. I, I don't know what they were trying to do with this. They they took a beloved character and they were like, "Now here's what we're gonna do: is make it so it's not funny anymore." <laughs> it was that bad. Get rid of all of the funny. Did the kids enjoy it? No, the kids loved it. Okay, I mean, they were, the kids are stupid. I mean, like, <laughs> come on. They didn't have to try hard. I remember what I liked when I was a kid. I remember thinking that the movies were, like the, the, the Keenan and Kel Goodberger movie was a cinematic masterpiece when I was a kid. Actually, it was probably a little bit even, I was older than these kids were. Um, it stinks. It's, 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 not, it's not a good film. And I hope that they don't make more of them. I mean, I don't know, maybe send them direct to Disney Plus or something like that. This was not worthy of a movie theater experience. They thought they needed to make an action-adventure movie with Buzz Lightyear, and they got rid of anything that resembled comedy in the process. They were like, they were like, remember the thing that everybody loved about Toy Story is that adults could like it too because it was genuinely yeah. funny? Yeah, but let's not do that anymore. Let's, let's just give the character and strip apart anything that would resemble uh, joy. And instead, it's just a story about this character, and maybe the kids, because they love the character, will like it. It's, it stinks. It's terrible. But the moral being, 
I snuck the Doritos in. I don't know what happened here. I don't know how we got from Jorge. Or, like I know how it happened. Jorge Lopez has why. a price. That is right. And so does everyone else. In the will, will will you be willing to be movie theater gouged for Jorge Lopez? Because if you will, if you're willing to be movie theater gouged for Jorge Lopez, by all means, you may have Jorge Lopez. If you're trying to sneak Doritos into the movie theater, your three-course meal with your rice pilaf, I would probably not sell Jorge Lopez at that price. I think the point matters. And I think the idea that you can just create another Jorge Lopez next year, all well and good, but if something's supposed to matter a year from now, if, if wins and losses are supposed to be relevant, if you're supposed to be competing for something, I'd rather not be pinning that on. This is what I say about like the Ravens and their wide receivers. You're really you can say, "Hey, I like this group of guys." Fine. You like them to the extent that you're willing to pin your Super Bowl hopes on it? I would say the same thing. You think you can create another Jorge Lopez because you just created this one. Right? So we can find the next guy. We can find another Dylan Tate. We can find You can say all you want to say about that but that you're willing to pin trying to get to the playoffs a year from now on that? That your season could come down to your ability to find another one? Available at a price, but not just available for the sake of being available for your boy. Well, that was, uh, that was an adventure. I really love that, that analogy. Was an that was a really good analogy. I don't know what just happened there, but it was quite the adventure. All right, today's show also brought to you by Your Neighborhood Glory Days Grill, Glory Burgers, Glory Wings, Glory Ribs. There's Glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill, the summer seasonal menu about to uh, get a Victoria's Secret unveiled. bag and sneak some Glory Days into oh the movie. Oh my God, theater. could you imagine? What's coming out this week? I don't feel like there's another movie coming out uh, that matters. I think Thor is the next one, right? Yeah, that's like the second week of July. Second week, week of July. July. So imagine you're getting ready to go see Thor. Is there any Minions? Else Minions is coming out at the end of the. Or I guess that's the first weekend of July, is Minions. They're really going to go Buzz Lightyear and Minions back to back? God damn it, I'm going to have to go to the movie theater again. Um. <laughs> Whatever it is, imagine if you went over, got yourself uh, some wings, the Korean number two sauce from Glory Days Grill, stuck it in a Victoria's Secret bag, and you're sitting in the movie theater enjoying delicious Glory Day. Oh, God, I, now I just want to do it for the, the <laughs> sake of it. It might not be. You know what? I got to wonder. I feel like if you or I walked in with a Victoria's Secret right, bag, it, the pimple it, kid might be more <laughs> willing to ask to see what's in the bag. But... If I brought Mrs. Clark and she had the Victoria's Secret bag, no chance. No chance. Because the moment they ask, I get in their face. I say, excuse me? Did you just ask if you can see my wife's underpants? Then they're fired. It's a it's, whole thing. It's a they foolproof plan. It. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, I swear to God, this, this woman, innovator. Innovator. She's on a new level. Get her a new shovel. She is, she's, she is uh, way smarter than I'll ever be. Glory Days Grill is delicious. <laughs> the hell is happening here? GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Get your order in. Logan Wisnowskis is going to join us in a bit. We'll talk a little bit about the U.S. Open as well. That's coming up. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion! Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out Buy a Toyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food for 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. From uh, Chris. Chris says, Glenn, if you were to trade Lopez, don't you think that the Orioles have enough elsewhere in their bullpen? They could overcome that if they were to hold on to those pieces. Could Dylan Tate or CNL Perez or Felix Bautista end up making a closer of the future? It's a fair question, right? Like I say, closer of the future. I'm really talking about a closer of next year. I don't think the closer of the future is, is, is a real thing. And once upon a time, we convinced ourselves that Tanner Scott was the Orioles' closer of the future because we just figured he could throw the ball 100 miles an hour for the rest of his life. But there, are, there's, there really is no such thing as a closer of the future. There's the closer of the now and maybe the closer of the next year, and then it's sort of you figure it out after that. It's just not the way the baseball works anymore. You don't plan on having someone as your closer for five years except for 
extraordinary circumstances. I mean, just it, it's just not the way that the sport works. But the point is is relevant that right now you have so many arms that have been successful in leverage situations that you feel like if you were to deal one of them, you have strength in numbers. And clearly the one that would have the most value is Lopez because he's the guy that's been your back-end guy, your final guy, your closer, if you will. Keegan Aiken, um, probably not a closer, but he's been really good out of the bullpen. You just have you have a number of guys who have pitched well out of the bullpen. So if you trade one, couldn't you have enough to kind of close the gap moving forward next season. It's a fair, it's a fair, again, I'm listening. It's difficult when we talk about bullpen arms. And somebody would say, this is why the conversation isn't warranted. Just get whatever you can get. Because you felt nothing towards any of these guys going into this year. And here we are having this conversation, not even a full month, three months into the season. So just just get whatever value you can get for a bullpen arm because next year you could have four new guys that you feel somebody else that's struggling in the road. Maybe by next year Bruce Zimmerman has become a dependable bullpen arm would be the argument that someone would make and an argument I would listen to. I don't know. I'm not saying don't worry about this because Bruce Zimmerman is the answer. I'm saying I, I would understand that argument being made by someone who made it. Um, all right, a couple things. One, Stanley Cup Finals shift back to Tampa tonight. Thankfully, I hedged my bet because I would not be feeling good at all about the Lightning. Now, I get it. They were down 2-0 in the last series of the Rangers, but the Rangers are not as good as the Avalanche are. The Avalanche are insane. Now, I think I saw that Burakovsky's not going to play. Uh, didn't make the trip to Tampa, but, you know, he's like they're – He's, he's definitely not make or break for the Avalanche. The Avalanche wins 7-0 on Saturday night in Game 2. I mean, it was just an ass-kicking. The Lightning are still the two-time defending champs. The Lightning still have plenty to offer. And I, I know they've got a goalie that's better than what you saw on Saturday night. I don't think the series is over. Obviously, math would say if they lose tonight, the series is over. But, you know, they were just in this situation, literally just in this situation a series ago. So if you're someone who didn't hedge your lightning bet, nervy evening ahead for you. Very nervy evening on tap for you as you try to sweat this out to make sure that they still get into it. I would at this point almost take whatever you can get for that ticket because I do not feel... Like, there is much of a chance. Um, the U.S. Open was this weekend up in Boston. And Matthew Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open. I think that while he was the big winner of the weekend, the other winner was the PGA Tour. Because I do think it would have been tough to stomach for the PGA Tour had the leaderboard been chock full of live golf guys had the winner been a live golf guy. I think any of those scenarios would have been very difficult for the PGA tour as 
right now perception and reality are kind of being uh, conflated. Perception is the PGA Tour is in a lot of trouble. Well, that's not actually true. I had a, a, a buddy that I, it was, I know is a huge golf fan that I was out with on Friday night. Um, my buddy Ryan, and Ryan's like, dude, I'm telling you, they're in a lot of trouble. No, the, the infrastructure that exists within the PGA Tour does not go away just because something else is happening. Now, they, they might have to reconsider things. They might have to do things a bit differently than they've done them. But the notion that if, because a few golfers left and there's a lot of money being spent elsewhere, that suddenly this thing, this institution that's being held up and propped up by so many people within the existence of a sport, it all just goes away is not true. But perception is, at times, the new reality. And the perception is the PGA Tour is in a lot of trouble. From a lot of people. Golf fans, certainly outsiders to the game of golf, genuinely believe that. And that perception... And, and I know people say, well, sometimes perception becomes reality. For some people, perception is reality, right? Like, that's all they know. All they know is what their perception is. And so it would have been difficult for, from a perception standpoint for this tournament to have ended with Bryson DeChambeau or, you know, Patrick Reed or whoever it was standing there celebrating Live Golf tweeting about it. The people that think that for some reason these golfers are being persecuted, which is quite ironic. Getting in tweet storms about it. It would not have been great. For this to be the first major event since the existence of the Live Golf Tour, for perception reasons, it's quite helpful for the PGA Tour that their guys were the guys that were in contention and the guys that mattered and the guys that were right there when the thing ended on Sunday. It's starting to be a bit of a, a weird bit with Will Zalatoris, by the way. I, I, I feel for you if you're a Will's... If you took Kevin Van Valkenburg's uh, suggestion, and not that Kevin was telling you to bet it. He was just saying that was that was who his pick was. And you bet that. I, oh, I gotta imagine you were crushed watching that on Sunday. Um, so... The PGA Tour was a winner this weekend. Matthew Fitzpatrick, obviously the big winner, because he's now a U.S. Open champion. You know, kind of a neat story that he wins the U.S. Open at the same place he won the U.S. Amateur. He was in that five. I got to go back and check to see who the five golfers were, because I don't think Jordan Spieth had a good weekend. But I, he did, he did not. Let me, let me pull up. Let me pull up. Scotty Scheffler, top five. Well, uh, I had I needed I needed everybody in the top twenty. Okay. I needed I needed four of our five guys to be in the top twenty, and they were Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, Rom, who was definitely top twenty. He was. And I know one was Spieth. I don't remember who the other one was because our bet's going to come down to whoever the fifth guy was. Because if was if, it Aaron Wise? No. Well, no. Aaron Wise was another bet that I made. He he, he fell apart yesterday. Yeah, he was top twenty-seven. But that's okay because I had him top thirty. Oh wow! I had him wow. top thirty at plus money. So. <laughs> Thumbs up. I can't remember who the other guy was, and I wanted to go back and check on that today. Spieth was 37th. Yeah, it was not a good yeah. weekend. It was not a good weekend for, for Jordan Spieth. But I was, it's okay. We were able, oh, I think it was Justin Thomas. 
crap. I think that was the other one. I think the other one was Justin Thomas. I think we missed out on that one by one mm. golfer. I think we got three out of five when we needed four out of five. Damn it. Damn it. But I did get that Aaron Wise bet. I did cash that one. Even though he fell apart. Boy, he was in contention for a while, too. Fell apart, but irrelevant. All I needed was top 30, and I got that sitting at uh, uh, number uh, T27. T27 qualifies. <laughs> that works. That's all I needed. Um, and that was really, again, because I don't care about the week in, week out of you know, like who's winning and who's losing in golf. It's just not my thing, right? But I am, I am compelled by this, this venture. I'm compelled by this issue that the sport is facing. That's what I found myself more interested in. I found myself very much interested in how did this work with live golfers versus PGA Tour guys. And I think coming out of it, I think everybody involved with the PGA Tour had to be throwing high fives, had to be just roundhouse kicking. Now, they still have problems that they got to deal with, they got to address. And the reality is, if the live thing sticks around and keeps adding more golfers, one of them is going to win a major championship at some point. I, I get it. It's not likely it's going to be Charles Schwartzel. I don't think Charles Schwartzel will be winning another major. But at some point, especially if it's not made more difficult, if they get world rankings points and these guys can get into majors, they're going to win at some point. One of them is going to win if the live golf course sticks around. But for the moment, as the PGA is trying to figure it out and keep their footing and sort of decide what it is they're going to do moving forward, this was a win, a big win for them this weekend. This was a a sort of a monumental win for them that they were not forced to watch marketing for the Live Golf Tour and celebration of a Live Golfer in the first sort of significant event that the average person might pay attention to that's not certainly not going to pay attention to you know, the Colonial or the whatever it is. I don't even know what the next golf tournament. I can't even pretend. I have who knows who would possibly. I mean, Drew does, but besides that, who would possibly know what the next golf tournament? The next golf tournament is the Travelers Championship. Who could possibly know? Who would know? Uh, I got a column up today at PressBoxOnline.com. It's not dissimilar to anything you've heard from me either um, on this show on Friday or if you listened to 105.7 The Fan yesterday with me and Rita. My column is all about my disappointment in not getting the World Cup, but choosing to instead focus on the events that are coming here. And the rest of this year, there's a lot of legitimate, world-class, major sporting events that are going to be here, and I want to embrace them and be thankful for them and what they're going to do for our economy and try to continue to put our best foot forward. I'm, I'm beside myself. Beside myself upset. You guys know that. I'm devastated that there will not be World Cup matches in Baltimore. But I am grateful for the Women's Lacrosse World Championship and for the Charm City match between Arsenal and Everton and for the Maryland Cycling Classic and for Navy Notre Dame football at M&T Bank Stadium and for the, the Maryland five-star event in Cecil County and every event, every major event. Look, I'm excited about the PLL this weekend at Homewood Field. That's where my focus is going to go is the folks that did choose us. And celebrating it and lifting those events up 
and trying to continue to show what an incredible major event city we are. So my column's about that. You can find it right now, pressboxonline.com. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, Logan Wisnowskis, Tawaratan winner, national champion, superstar, now a rookie in the PLL. We'll talk to him next before they come to Homewood Field. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambler.com help.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at mt bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at baltimoreravens.com That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio all right back in here on gcr jeremy Kahn says he's sick you know what i'm sick of i'm sick of the excuses from jeremy Kahn. i'm sick of them i don't i don't know i don't think jeremy's gonna join us this morning. that's all right we will uh we will get by. We'll forgive him one day, and uh, at some point we will catch up with Jeremy Kahn again, uh, either this week or we'll just push it off the next. These things happen. Now, I think what it really is is he knows that I was about to uh, try to get some hard answers 
about whether or not he was going to help me out. I'm doing this uh, celebrity sexy car wash on Saturday, and I had asked him to fill in because uh, his partner on the morning show, Ed Norris, unfortunately uh, cannot be a part of it. And so um, I think he knows I'm going to demand answers. And and he's trying to weasel out of it. That's that's what I think. But we'll see. We'll see. At some point, either again, either this week or we'll just wait till next Monday. We'll catch back up with our buddy Jeremy Kahn. In the meantime, really excited to be joined by this man. I mean, what a season it was for him at the University of Maryland. Tawaratan winner, national champion, undefeated. And now he's on to his pro career, and in three games so far with Chrome, he scored nine goals, and they're 3-0. and This man legitimately has still not lost all year. It's unbelievable. Sykesville's own from Boys Latin, the former Terp. He is Logan Wisnowskis, and he's with us here on GCR. Logan, it's Glenn and Griffin. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate the time. Dude, are, are you ever going to lose again at this point? Like, I'm starting to wonder if you're not, are you starting to like put the goal in mind to go from perfect college season to perfect PLL season and set the bar so impossibly high that no one will ever be able to match it again? Yeah, that that's not really something I've thought about. Um, you know, it, it's definitely cool, you know, being able to, you know, win the national championship and go undefeated with you know, a, gr- a group of great guys, you know, is, is truly awesome. And then, you know, meeting the meeting the Chrome guys and stuff, you know, they're a bunch of really good guys too, really good coaches and stuff. So, you know, it, it's been it's been a cool past couple of months for sure. Yeah, I imagine it's been all right. I imagine it's been decent. Um, Logan, let me let me let me move forward. Then we're gonna move uh, or move back before we move forward because we are excited about the PLL coming to Homewood Field this weekend. But let me let me move back. You a few years back out of high school, you decided to go to Syracuse. Then you ended up here at Maryland. Can you put into words what it ended up meaning to you to end up at Maryland and to be able to accomplish the things that you did? It means everything. You know, uh, I, you know, I've been able to call Maryland my home for you know twenty four years, and you know the past four years to be able to. No, five years, excuse me, to play at the University of Maryland. You know, it's, you know, it really means everything to me, my family. You know, it's, it's, it's truly awesome, you know, being able to meet, you know, truly great guys, you know, great faculty, you know, coaches, everything. You know, it, it really means everything. This, this place is definitely home for me. You, um, obviously, you were quite a, a player, but a year ago, you had a running partner in Jared Bernhardt. And I think a lot of people wondered if you guys were going to be able to replicate offensively what you and Jared had been able to do the previous season. What what was it that allowed for this year's offense to be, if not you know better, at least as good as last year's historic offense? Yeah, I definitely say we were a selfless group. Um, you know, we shared the ball. You know, was, our, our, our ball movement was you know it was it was great. Um, you know, we, we really made defenses, you know, have to defend us and guard us, which, you know, is, you know, hard for any defense, really, you know, just moving the ball, sharing the ball, knowing that, you know, if you give the ball back, you're going to, you give the ball up, you're going to get it back. So, you know, that was 
something that was you know really fun to play in this this past season. It was really fun for us to watch. I mean, it was insane what you guys were able to do, and then the emotions of you know you clearly when you come to Maryland, your goal is to win a national championship, and you guys were so close a year ago. What were those emotions like for you on Memorial Day to to be able to avenge? having what had happened a year ago, everything you guys have been through, and to finish off this perfect season. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, it was it was, it was awesome, you know, being able to go back up there and kind of right our wrongs. Um, you know, we had, like, really some open dialogue about it, you know, talking about, you know, how, how it was tough for all of us, you know, losing such a close game like that. You know, you, you dream of, you know, winning a national championship and, you know, and, in 21, you know, having that ripped out of your hands was, you know, was hard. And I, th- I think guys just came back, you know, determined, focused, you know, ready to, you know, kind of right those wrongs in, in 22, which, you know, obviously we did, which was, you know, it was awesome and memories we'll have for a lifetime. Man, my God, man. Like, it's, you know, I, I don't know if you've waited. Do, do, you, do you say, damn the debate, we, we, I'm going to declare that this Maryland team was the greatest lacrosse team of all time? No, I, I, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, I, I will say, you know, for the rest of our lives, that 2022 team are national champions. And that's, you know, that's, that's all that's that matters. What matters. That's what matters. No doubt about it. Logan Wisnowskis is with us. The PLL is coming to Homewood Field this weekend. Your chance to see the greatest lacrosse players on the planet right here at home. Uh, a, a place that you're certainly comfortable playing at, Logan, right? Like this is a, this is a place where you've had quite a bit of success over the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, Homewood's a great place. You know, it's truly historic. Um, you know, obviously, you know, going to Maryland and stuff, it's 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 tough going to Hopkins and stuff and, you know, playing there. But, you know, uh, <clears throat> Hopkins, you know, it's awesome. You know, we have high school, you know, championships were there on the field. Um, you know, obviously, you know, playing in the Hopkins-Maryland rivalry games, you know, those are, you know, truly games that you, you'll remember for the rest of your lives. And, um you know, Hopkins is, you know, it's, it's a great venue, and I'm really looking forward to playing the, the, this Saturday the, at 6. Yeah, the atmosphere for games at Homewood, man. Like, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from Maryland Stadium because, you know, there can be loud, massive crowds, but we all know that you're looking up and you're in a football stadium, and it's it's tough to fill a full football stadium. There's something about that atmosphere at Homewood Field, and, and as you know, when it's a Maryland-Hopkins game, there's as many Maryland fans are there as there are Hopkins fans and this weekend, I've been when the PLL's been at Homewood Field. It's nuts. I mean, it is packed. There are people standing on top of people. It's just crazy. And Saturday in particular tends to be the day where everybody comes out. Um, the atmosphere for something like that, when it's 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 just a mob scene at a place like Homewood Field, it's got to be pretty electric for you guys to play in. Yeah, you know, it's going to be electric for sure. You know, uh, you know Homewood's you know, a phenomenal atmosphere and stuff. Um, you know, I, I always remember, you know, playing in those college games and stuff, you know, you got the food trucks going, you know, you right. got all the sights, you got all the smells and stuff, you know, it's it's just like, it's super cool. And that's it's like, you know, like you're about to play like a, a really big lacrosse game. And it's, you know, it's stuff you dream of as a kid. Logan Wisnowskis is with us here on GCR. You can go right now, premierlacrosseleague.com and find out more and get your tickets. Four games this weekend at Homewood Field, two on Friday night, two on Saturday night. So it's going to be a cool weekend under the lights, playing lacrosse, and as Logan mentioned, his chrome taking on the Cannons Saturday at 6 o'clock in the first of the two games at Homewood as far as as, as part of the PLL this weekend here in Baltimore. 
Logan, just your your early take on being a part of this league, and and I know this is what you you guys you know certainly this opportunity is significant for everyone to continue your playing career. What's it been like for you getting your first taste of being a part of the PLO? Yeah, you know it's been super cool. Um, you know, playing with a bunch of really good guys. You know, playing with the best guys in the world. Um, you know, kind of you know meeting guys. You know, meet my teammates and stuff, and kind of you know learning kind of a new way to play lacrosse in a sense, um, you know, just really, really fast game, um, you know, with the 52-second shot clock. You know, it's more like playing basketball out there um, as compared to the 80-second shot clock in college. So um, just kind of, you know, getting my feet under me, you know, kind of learning the, the ways of the, the new, like, pro game and all that stuff, you know, it's, it, it, it's definitely been cool. You're going during a part of. Yeah, obviously, like, you know, at, at Homewood Field, everybody here – loves lacrosse right like you're not going to a new market here but as the year goes on like the, the weekend after you're going to minneapolis and there are other places on the schedule dallas um seattle maybe that aren't quite as lacrosse centric as this weekend in baltimore I, I know a lot of people use the term grow the game right the importance of you is now you're the Tawaritan winner you're the guy that everybody just watched finish winning a national championship do you feel, I don't know if it's pressure, but maybe an obligation to be one of those guys to try to help grow the sport as you guys travel to different markets throughout the season? Uh, no, not at all. You know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of the Chrome. You know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm there to help them win. Um, you know, I, I don't really focus on that stuff. You know, I just kind of control the things I can control, which is, you know, my, my attitude, my effort, you know, how I play the game, you know, how, how my approach is each week, you know. Um, putting in the work each week, you know, watching film and all that stuff, you know. So I'm just – I'm controlling the things I can control, and I'm not really focused on that stuff. You're certainly very good at winning. We know that much. You're really good at doing that. Um, you've been doing an awful lot of that over the years. Um, what did it mean to you to see uh, Bobby Benson get the opportunity to go up to Providence, become a head coach? We, we all know what this man has done um, throughout his coaching career to this point. Uh, I don't – I don't think there's an individual out there that deserves it more than that guy. Um, you saw that in 21, you know, with how he kind of ran the offense and stuff. Um, he's, he's truly a mastermind. You know, he's, you know, he's great coaches, X and O's, but you know, the thing that stands out with me is the most with him is, you know, he's, he's family oriented, you know, he's really detail oriented and stuff. You know, he's, he's a phenomenal guy and, you know, it's, I, I'm very happy for him and he's, He's going to do great things up there. I'm, I'm definitely a Providence fan moving forward. That's, here. that's cool. We're going to. It's, he's certainly going to be missed. There's no question about that. And what he was able to do with you guys. Uh, how big of a? Of, I mean, growing up, I, I assume that like growing up, were, were I mean, I guess you got to confirm for me. Were you a Ravens fan growing up, Logan? I was a Ravens fan. I still am. Okay. Absolutely. Do you do you find yourself maybe needing to be a bit more of a Falcons fan at this point though? I actually just got a Falcons jersey. There yeah. you go, right? <laughs> got a number 13 Jared Bernhardt jersey. How, yeah. how cool was it for you to see what Jared was able to do and win in a national championship this year? And are you like, are you the type that just isn't even remotely surprised because you just know how driven and how, how truly talented this young man is? Uh, I, I definitely had a feeling that he would, he kind of, you know, like uh, get his feet under him in the NFL and stuff, you know, it's obviously going to be, you know, tough at first, um, you know, just kind of, you know, learning a, a brand new sport, you know, learning how to run routes and stuff like that. Um, but uh, there was never really a doubt in my mind that he kind of, you know, figure it out, 
moving forward, which I mean, that's, that's Jared. That's it, whatever he's going to do. He's going to put his mind to, and he's, he's going to do it. So I've talked to both of you guys now, and I, and I, it's funny because I remember John Tillman telling me once that like you guys were roommates and sometimes uh, they wondered if you guys ever even talked to each other because you're just sort of like, you're, you're not the loudest guys. You're more the lead by example guys. What were you like when you were hanging out? Were you guys as competitive? Like if you, if one, did you find yourself like maybe you know getting to like you know trash basketball competitions? Like who can throw paper in a trash can? Were you guys that type when you would hang out with each other? No, it definitely wasn't like that. Um, you know, we we were taking like online classes at the time and stuff with COVID and stuff. So we were kind of you know glued to our computers and stuff with all the zooms and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we definitely hung out and stuff, and we definitely talked. Um, right. so I, I, I knew he was. It, a, it wasn't like we just kind of stood at it, stood around and stared at each other. <laughs> I mean, but how were were you guys competitive with each other? Like away from a lacrosse field, were you guys the the type that like, hey, you know, anything could turn into a competition? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's like that. No, it, it, it's more so like friendship. Cool. Um, you know, he's, cool. he's an awesome guy. Um, you know, awesome to be around. You know, he's one of the best athletes in the world to be honest so he's, no, he's, he's one he's of the unbe- even better person so he's unbelievable um, god yeah and what a family man what an unbelievable family you, you know logan is as as you talk about that and as i brought up john tillman i you know i would really it was it was interesting to me because as i would talk to him this season he would say like i'm encouraging guys to to use what happened you know a lot of coaches will be like Block everything out. Block out all the noise, all the distract. Don't think about last year. He was like, no, nah, I'm the exact opposite way. We all know we're using it to encourage. How much was that a help for you guys in climbing back up that hill this season that, that you were able to, to use and that you weren't being asked to, hey, forget about anything else that happened in the past, and you could use that to sort of spur yourselves towards a national title? You know, it, it was awesome. You know, we you know we definitely used that as fuel this year. Um, you know, we we put the scoreboard of the Virginia game in our lockers and stuff. And you know, it was a constant reminder every year. You know, going out to the practice field, you know, uh, going away for away trips. You know, just that constant having that constant reminder of you know what what happened. Um, you know, it wasn't going to be kind of an elephant in the room of you know something we weren't going to talk about. You know, it was obviously something that we were going to have open dialogue about and stuff like that. Um, just, you know, a kind of a reminder, you know, like we can't kind of um, let our guard down and stuff or else that, that would happen again. I mean, it worked out quite well. It worked out really well. And what a, what a memory you gave to all Maryland fans. Like, have, have you already been able to take advantage of uh, Maryland fans not wanting you to have to pay for, like, a, a meal or a beer at any point in your life? Have you already had a moment somewhere where you were out and the Maryland fan came up to you like, hey, dude, no, 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 this one's on me. No, honestly, I haven't had that. All right, no. we gotta um, fix that. We gotta fix that, <laughs> Maryland fans. This this man just led you to the greatest season in school history. If he's out, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not trying to get anything away. You see him out in Baltimore this weekend? Go get this guy a beer. All right, <laughs> <laughs> go take care of it, Logan Wisnowski. We we can't wait to see you at Homewood Field this weekend um, as you guys take on the Cannons, six o'clock on Saturday. And again, PremierLacrosseLeague.com uh, for two games Friday, two games Saturday night. Get your tickets right now. There, I, I look. Games at Homewood have sold out every year that the PLL has come. So get on it immediately because you're probably not going to be able to walk up on Saturday and get your tickets. There's almost no chance it's going to play out that way. Logan, is there anything we can plug for you? I know you're not the most like social guy on um, on Twitter, Instagram, but like, can we can we throw out a plug for people to follow you anywhere? 
uh, yeah, it's it's just my name at Logan Wisnowskis. Um, you know, like you said, I'm not really big on social media, but um, yeah, if, if guys would like to follow me, yeah, it's just my name. Then give him a follow on those spots, Logan. Truly a thrill to watch you play uh, these last few years, man, and a joy to see what you and your teammates were able to accomplish. Can't wait to see you out there on Saturday night. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations again on everything you've been able to do. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You have a great week, all right? You as well. See you this weekend. Sounds good, man. Logan Wisnowskis. Unbelievable player, obviously. Tawart and Winner. I mean, this guy could do things in, 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 with a quickness. Like, just ball gets there, gets out. It's just unreal to watch that guy play lacrosse. Um grateful for him taking the time this morning and again these are the types of these are the things you can be mad about the world cup all you want to be i'm going to choose to focus on what we've got and there's an exciting weekend of lacrosse coming to homewood field i mean a thrilling weekend of lacrosse coming to homewood field and i think you should be out there to support it to watch it and to celebrate it and i would go ahead and get your tickets right now at uh, PremierLacrosseLeague.com to see the PL this weekend here in Baltimore. All right. Let's switch gears. We continue to try to figure out what the hell is going on with Lamar Jackson. He does a press conference last Thursday and was mostly dismissive of it, just kept using the same phrase, we're having conversations. Let's try to find out more about what this could look like. Joining us now, friend of ours for a long time, analyst for CBSSports.com, former NFL agent. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program Mr. Joel Corey, who's with us now here on GCR. Joel, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Sure, no problem. Um, Joel, i got to be honest with you. I'm still struggling to figure out why we're still here, why, why something isn't done yet. And Lamar Jackson, you know, profess confidence that he was going to be a Raven for life and something was going to get done. And it's been so rare that we've seen a quarterback leave that I have no reason to think that's not the case. But why wouldn't – quarterbacks have all of the leverage, Joel. Sean Watson had leverage, and he might not even play this season. Why is it that there isn't a deal done yet? Well, Lamar Jackson's patience has paid off because – to me, the first logical point to try to get a deal done was after Josh Allen and use that as a foundation or basis for a deal. Well, waiting uh, should uh, pay off for him because you had three $40 million quarterbacks uh, heading into the offseason. Now you have seven, and you've had one real game-changing event, Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed contract. Now, if he wants a fully guaranteed contract, I could see that being the sticking point where mm-hmm. the Ravens may not want to guarantee a similar amount of money or more to Lamar Jackson, even though he could say, you know what, <laughs> I want an MVP. Uh, Deshaun Jackson hasn't. I have no baggage. Um, I'm, a pretty, I'm pretty clean uh, off the field, so I deserve more. Um, teams are going to resist like tooth and nail to have this fully guaranteed contract thing become more than just an anomaly. But but is that going to work? Like, Joel, can can all of these teams collude to say 
there will never be another one that gets it? Or does all it take is a team? I just keep coming back to the leverage thing. If you don't have a quarterback, you have no hope in this league. The quarterbacks are everything. You can't win without a quarterback. So isn't it that all it takes is another team, Carolina Panthers, who don't have a quarterback, having an opportunity to get one and saying, look, if this is what we got to do, it's what we got to do, because otherwise we might as well not even be playing football. We have no hope. Yeah, all it takes is one, and we saw that with Cleveland, but I'll go back to 2018. Uh, I would be very careful using that word collusion because then that opens up a lot of I, 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 I understand. I, I certainly don't mean, you know, I, I, hope, I, I hope you know what I was trying to say, not that I was actually accusing, you know, the owners. Of okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. But I'll go, as I was saying, I'll go back to 2018. Um, we had uh, Kirk Cousins get a fully guaranteed contract, $84 million over three years. The next two guys who were up, didn't hold up there into the bargain. Uh, Matt Ryan became the first $30 million per year player in the NFL, but not fully guaranteed. Then Aaron Rodgers uh, got to $33.5 million to become the highest-paid player in the league, not fully guaranteed. Those two guys ended any hope of it happening. Derek Carr, I never put in the category that someone who could do a game-changing contract because he was more on the, I'm going to do something which is fair, um, not trying to advance the ball. So it's really... Lamar, I don't see Kyler Murray doing it because the Cardinals are a cash-poor team relative to other teams. They couldn't even pay a signing bonus in a lump sum. So Russell Wilson, if he gets one done this year, he could be another guy that could help advance the ball. You have an owner of deep pockets. They gave up an arm and a leg to get him. (laughs) So he's got just as much leverage. And then you got the two rookie – no, not the guys on draft pick contracts – who will be eligible after the end of the season, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So if I'm Lamar, I would also point out to the Ravens, as you alluded to, what's the alternative? You can, I can play this year out, then you can franchise me. Right. But if you think about putting a non-exclusive franchise tag on me, <laughs> you could be in a position of no quarterback. Yep. Because that's two first-round picks for an offer sheet that isn't matched, and you brought up Carolina. Uh, let's say they put together an offer sheet that Baltimore doesn't want to touch. You get two first-round picks. Relative to the compensation for quarterbacks this year, that's peanuts. You had Deshaun Watson go for over three first-round picks, and you had Russell Wilson go for multiple players, two first-round picks, two second-round picks. That leads you to the exclusive franchise tag, and the way that number um, projects right now, it's going to be over $44.5 million. You yep. start playing the franchise game twice, that's $100 million over two years, and I can walk. <laughs> so we're talking with Joel Corey here on Glenn Clark Radio. So I, and I've, I've seen a lot of people reference that, Joel, right? But like, I guess my question would be, but why sign up to only make 23 this year? in the pre- If you're Lamar Jackson and, and you can say, hey, those numbers are out there. You can get the $100 million over the next two years. But I, couldn't you get a deal – that would give you more money this year, get you the bulk of that in the coming two years, and you make more money over the span of three years than you would make in the process of playing for the 23 this year and then doing the franchise tag game the next two? Well, it takes two to tango, So, and seemingly before Lamar doing his uh, Rasheed Wallace, both teams played hard. Um, imitation we thought the Ravens were more interested in getting a contract done than Lamar that still may be the case but sometimes an offer gives you no decision so you don't have anything to think about if they're not willing to go fully guaranteed contract and he's dead set on that right and 
he's playing on the, he's playing this year out, and then you start the tag game. If he has some flexibility um, in terms of length on a fully guaranteed contract, and I really think that you may see one which isn't five years in length, maybe three. Okay. And maybe it'd be a higher average because the team isn't committing the same dollars. Um, so that could be a compromise, but um, if he's married to a fully guaranteed contract, the Ravens aren't there. Maybe there's no deal. If he's flexible, if he's not willing to – if he's going to go the Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers route, there, sh- there should be a deal that's done. Joe, I guess what's interesting to me is I keep trying to make sense of all of this. I keep asking myself the question, if that's the case, if you're hell-bent on doing a deal that the Ravens won't do, why wouldn't you demand a trade, right? Like, why wouldn't you walk in and say, hey, look, I like it here. Don't get me wrong. But I don't like it to the extent of playing for – I think we would all agree, even the Lamar Jackson that struggled a bit down the stretch a year ago, $23 million is not market value for him this season. Why agree to that instead of saying, go trade me? Because, again, we keep bringing it up. There are teams out there, they have no quarterbacks at all, and they're hopeless. If you're not willing to do this, let's find out if one of those two te- those teams are. Yeah, well, first, if I'm Lamar, push back on this, I struggled down the stretch. <laughs> my whole thing would be like, okay, I played a one-hand tied behind my back uh, 100%, year. no doubt. I had no running backs. All three of them got hurt in training camp. By midseason, our best two corners were out. I'd have my left tackle the whole year. We were 8-5 and five in first place when, yep. I didn't, when I hurt my ankle. And you didn't win a game without me at the end of the year, so I missed the playoffs. So that kind of cut this. There's, Joel, there's no doubt any of that's true. I think that most of us, and I am, I am certainly, I don't know if I'd be called an apologist for Lamar Jackson, but I'm, I'm a, a massive fan for sure, would still say specifically against the Blitz in the final four games of the season. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, against the Blitz. Yeah, yeah. The team started blitzing like crazy. Yep, <laughs> yep, and and that would be the one. Like, I have no doubt that in negotiations, somebody bring that up, and, and that, you know, Lamar would say back exactly what you said. Like, yeah, you're right. Now tell me what happened when I got hurt, right? Like, tell me how it looked then. Um, so I'm not, I'm not. No, but, to, but, to, but to answer your question, yeah. here's why he could play on 23 million, a little over 23 million. He's made about less than nine six in the first four years, so that's more than twice of what he's made. So he could take the 23 million this year and then go from there. I know there's the risk of injury, but um, some people will say because of his playing style, he's going to get hit more. You never know what would happen. But if I'm him, I'm looking at Dak Prescott, played on a franchise tag, had a pretty bad ankle injury, got paid the next year. So I would say he'd have to rupture his Achilles to maybe have some teams give him a little bit of a pause. Um, or it'd have to be concussion-related where his career could be over. But other than that um, – I can see where he'd be wouldn't be that afraid of the uh, risk of injury. Yeah, um, we know Lamar does not have an agent, Joel. Um, although I'm sh- again, we're certain that you know his family has somebody helping them out in the process. If you were Lamar Jackson's agent, he would not commit to showing up for training camp. Although I, I think a lot of people read into that. If you if you really listen to the way he was answering questions, he kind of was doing the Marshawn Lynch bit where he was just given the same answer to every question where he was just saying, we're having conversations. So I think people read Yeah, that's it. what I call the Rasheed Wallace. Right, ex- exactly right, the Rasheed Wallace thing. So I think maybe people were reading a little bit too much into the fact that that was his answer to the question about training camp. I, I don't think he was specifically saying, I'm not, I'm thinking about skipping it. But what would you tell, if, if we get to that point and he doesn't have a deal in place, 
would you, as an agent, say, we got to try to force this somehow. We got to get this done. We, if that means you don't show up, that means you don't show up. Or would you say, hey, look, we know we're going to be here for a while. They still have the franchise tags. Let's just go show up and play and, and go that route. Like, How would you approach this as an agent if we got to start a training camp and there was no deal in place? Well, the first thing you got to remember is that the agent works for the player, not the other way around. So it's your job to execute the client's wishes. I'm fairly certain that Don Yee never wanted to give the Patriots hometown discounts with Tom Brady once he started doing that, but uh, that's his longtime agent. But uh, he was doing what Brady wanted to be done. So if Lamar was like, I don't want to miss any time in training camp, then that kind of limits your options on how you can play it. Um, If he was one of these guys like, I need a new contract before I set foot on the field, then I would have missed um, many camp to really uh, put a scare into the uh, yep. Ravens. Also, if you had an agent, you probably would have had more communication between now and, and than what's happened right now. Um, also, you could do, go the hold in. That's the new thing because most guys don't want to get the daily fine for vets. It's fifty thousand dollars a day for guys on rookie contracts. It's forty per day, forty thousand. But for guys on rookie contracts, it's forgivable. For for the vets, it's not. But still, would you want to potentially rack up one six in fines that may or may not be forgiven? So you do what T.J. Watt did and you hold in. So that'd be a huge distraction for them as well. Maybe more so than he's not there. So he's not there, then in a holdout, you can just say the team go, we'll worry about the players who are here. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to have him come in and honor his contract, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But if he's there every day and he's not doing anything, yep. Show you can up. go talk to him. And yep. It could be a bigger distraction that way. <laughs> Well, that's it's so awkward, right? Like it's so awkward to think about. Just I'll, I'll show up, but I ain't doing anything. Like that's the way that goes. Oh, it's... I've, I've I've read, and since there's not much information out there because you don't have an agent potentially yep. leaking things, yep. going to the media like Eric Burkhart was with Kyler Murray with that long all caps. For, uh, for, for those of, Joel, for those of us in our business, boy, we we miss Joe Linta big time. There was nothing better in our business than when Joe. But Flat- I read that he's not afraid of playing on the franchise tag, so maybe he's cool with. Hey, I'll take my twenty three million, and we'll play out the year, and I'll I'll have more leverage, and I'll ask for a lot more than I wanted today um, down the road. Because one thing we know is the longer you wait to sign a good to great player, it's going to cost you more in the long run. Yes, Ravens good. saw that with a slightly above average player, and. A quarterback, Joe Flacco, when he bet on himself and played out of his mind for four games and never came close to duplicating that level of play again and briefly became the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Yesterday's price is not today's price. I understand what you're saying, Joe. I, but I, I, The one thing I said back to that, aren't we, though, at the point where you can just keep doing new deals? Haven't we got to the point now with quarterbacks? And I'm not saying it's fully the NBA where every player basically just rips up the deal every year and you do a new a set of new one-year deals. But haven't we gotten to the point where with, with quarterbacks and leverage, you could do a deal today if the numbers go up significantly between now and two years from now, you just walk back in and say, it's time for you to move my numbers too. Aren't we at that point? No. Um, Deshaun Watson was an extenuating circumstance. The I call basically Cleveland bribed him. They were out of the running. Um, it was Atlanta and New Orleans, and it became how much money can we throw at you to get you to reconsider, agent threw out something ridiculous, and they bought bought on it. Um, 
we saw Aaron Donald this year with three years left on his contract, no new years. That never happens. Added, so he's added uh, $40 million of money um, to his three remaining years. Typically, you don't see contracts um, adjusted until there are two years left on a deal. So Lamar would have to have two years left on his contract in most cases to get a deal done. If something changes in the next couple of years where you see teams taking more of the Aaron Donald approach, then I would agree with you on that. All right. All right, we will we will monitor that. It just feels it feels like with quarterbacks, Joel, we're headed that route. Just because, again, they are seemingly recognizing their insane value um, to every franchise that that absolutely needs one. Before before I wrap up with you, if I could, because you referenced something earlier, and I think it's an important conversation. The concept of cash over cap and like what what is coming off is almost like the death of the salary cap when we talk about teams like the LA Rams that are willing to spend so much cash over cap. The Ravens have not gone that route. Um, can, can you try to, like, for the dumb guys like me, explain a little bit more of, of what's happening and are we in danger of moving closer to a haves and have-not situation in the NFL where the cap almost becomes irrelevant because the teams that have the most are going to be able to find creative ways to spend cash over cap and continue to put together kind of super rosters? No, there's still ramifications for how you manage the cap, and we saw that with the uh, Rams this year. If you had no cap, Von Miller would still be there. Um, They had to make a decision on Robert Woods. You can't have uh, three $15 million wide receivers, so they traded him after they signed Allen Robinson. Uh, their second corner now plays for the Chargers, so there are still cap ramifications, just how aggressive you're going to be um, and how you manage it. And if you're in a window uh, when you think you can win a Super Bowl, you tend to not really look at the big picture and you're more concerned on the short term. Um, Tampa totally changed how they do things to try to keep the band together. And once Tom Brady is done, um, who knows when that will be. I suspect that uh, – TV uh, contract from be a broadcaster yeah. <laughs> when he leaves, but they're going to have like thirty million, thirty-five million of dead money next year when his contract expires. Nobody wants that on their cap. Uh, that's thirty-five million of cap space you can't use. Right. So yeah, it, you can kick the can down the road, and if the cap keeps going up, like I suspect it will, the TV deals fine. Um, you can probably outrun it, but. Um, you have to be careful in doing that because there will be some adverse cap consequences like I'm talking about for Tampa uh, when their window closes. Joel, Corey, what can we plug for you, my friend? Of course, I know you're on Twitter at Corey Joel, but, and, and of course, everybody can read your stuff at CBSSports.com, including what you wrote about Lamar, and we retweeted that just a second ago at Glenn Clark Radio. But what else can we plug for you, sir? Uh, well, I got a uh, podcast called Inside the Cap, and the latest episode, which uh, is up now, is on the topic we've been talking about, but I go into more detail, more uh, depth in some things, and what the contract could, would look like, the structure and so forth, given how the Ravens do it. And if I don't have a guaranteed contract, what I would want, <laughs> uh, fully guaranteed contract, how I'd want the Raiders, how I'd want the Ravens to deal with that if, if, if I'm Lamar and I'm willing to accept that. But if I'm Lamar, fully guaranteed contract or bust. 
I mean, why wouldn't you? This when people. I remember, like, I think you and I even had this conversation when the Mahomes deal got done, and we're like, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, that's only going to be the deal for Mahomes, and I'm like, well, why wouldn't the next guy ask for the same deal? Like, actually, <laughs> actually along those lines, that's the guy who's going to have to ask for the uh, Chiefs to redo his contract because he's under contract through the length of the CBA, and we've already seen, yeah. Uh, you guys pass them by, and they're going to be more. So that contract's going to be obsolete by 2026. And, and, and at the time, we were saying there's no way anybody's ever going to get a deal like this again. You know, like, I mean, it's just – this is the nature of it. Nobody's this. ever going to do that because it's entirely too long. I'm old enough to remember Magic Johnson signing a 20-year right. contract with the Lakers for right. $20 million. And <laughs> that didn't last very long. Nope. I had to redo that because things changed pretty quickly with the NBA uh, great growth in mm. the uh, – Hey, mid-80s to late-80s. I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, coming up on the HBO show in the coming seasons. I'm looking forward to those moments. Joel, really appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Love to do it again soon, all right? Oh, sure. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Joel Corey uh, with us here on GCR. Appreciate him. And look, I, I, I hear what he's saying, but he's, I'm still getting lost in the why it can't. Like I, I, what he's saying is, is it hasn't. Like we haven't gotten to the point yet where quarterbacks are becoming like NBA players. But I talked about this ad nauseum. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know what's stopping them. Short of, and I know you can't. You're not supposed to use the word because of what you're actually accusing. But short of essentially collusion. Short of essentially the teams trying to go to war with the players over escalating quarterback contracts. And considering the importance of the position, I just don't see it being likely. I think the league is quicker to try to do something about the quarterback position, and we've talked about that a number of times, be it that they separate quarterback from the salary cap, create an entire new structure for the quarterback position, whatever it is. But the quarterback position is so critical that I just don't see this being enforced. Seattle has no quarterback. Carolina has no quarterback. There are other teams that really don't have a quarterback but probably would not be willing to act as desperate because they still have to pretend like they have a quarterback. Like the Giants still have to pretend like Daniel Jones can be that guy because they use such a high draft pick on him and they're not quite ready yet to give up. The Saints don't. The Saints could openly acknowledge they have no quarterback. They don't. I get it. We all kind of – there's something – romantic's the wrong word, but there's something kind of fun about – Jameis Winston because you just never know you might get the magical Jameis Winston you might get the garbage Jameis Winston so we all kind of like like him because we know he's talented and we keep wanting to, be- to believe that maybe the talent could ultimately win out over him throwing the ball to the other team all the time but they don't have a quarterback and those teams if you give them the opportunity to get one why wouldn't they to get the opportunity at that player, be willing to go to exorbitant lengths. What reason would there be for them to say, yeah, but we won't pay you that? 
so you can keep running Sam Darnold out on the field? So you can watch Drew Locke try to play quarterback in the National Football League? That's the reason why you won't be willing to go to guaranteed money? The need for a quarterback to me will always win out. And it's why I truly believe we will enter that era. Where you agree to a deal, but what you're really agreeing to is this is the deal for now. This is a deal for now. Until we find out that the deals go somewhere else. And then we'll come back and chat. Because if not, I just don't know why you won't, wouldn't use the leverage you have. I keep coming back to this. Joel Corey's right. Lamar Jackson is going to play this season, if he gets no deal done, for more than twice what he's made so far in his career. But he can make more. He's not a $23 million quarterback. And I don't know why you just... I, I'll come back to this. We can all say, well, I'd love the opportunity to make $23 million. If someone came to you, Griffin, and said, you can come work for us at you know, at Odyssey or at iHeart and we'll pay you $23 million, you'd be very excited about it. But if SiriusXM said, hey, by the way, you know, um, if, if you were available to us, we'd be willing to pay you $45 million. Would you really say, like, well, gee, gosh, golly, but Odyssey wanted me at 23, and that it just felt good to be wanted. I'm going to pass on that $45 million. By the way, none of this money is coming from Saudi Arabia. This is not you know, comparable to the Live Golf Tour. I don't understand why Lamar Jackson would voluntarily take less money. I don't get it. He's got his reasons. He's an adult. He's allowed to do whatever he wants to do. I, I don't know why you would choose to play for less than market value when you don't have to. If the Ravens won't do it, say, trade me. Now, as a Ravens fan, I hope he doesn't. The Ravens without Lamar Jackson are hopeless. Hopeless. The Ravens with Lamar Jackson could win a Super Bowl. Don't know if I'd bet on it, but they could. Without him, no hope. So I hope Lamar Jackson is happy to play, if there's no deal done, happy to play for $23 million for whatever reason. But you can't make it make sense to me, no matter how hard you try. Mm, boy. Um, we'll come back in. Uh, you know, today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. If you missed it earlier, I was just salivating over the idea. Salivating over the idea of hosting your fantasy football draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and specifically maybe on Labor Day weekend when there's going to be college football at the wazoo for you to bet on. Oh, just... It feels... Anyway, more of the story being... I want you to start thinking about football season. There's still plenty of big events coming up. Wimbledon, British Open, baseball slates every day, Stanley Cup Finals, not over yet. 
There's still lots of things for you to bet on between now and then. But start thinking about football season. How you want to spend your Sundays. How you want to spend your Saturdays. You and the boys. Where do you want to watch football? And is there anywhere that would possibly better be better than the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel with their 61 self-service kiosks? Just think about it. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. Maybe you're not ready to commit yet. Maybe you're not saying, hey, I want to be locked in. We want a table every Sunday. But just message and say, hey, we're, we're thinking about it. You know, we've always gotten together at, at Mike's house, but, you know, we'd like to be able to bet on the games. Live betting during football games. Magical. So can you tell us more about, like, what would be available to us if, if we were to be there on Sunday? Just send them a message. Start the conversation. Let's just start thinking, filing away. Football season is coming. Events at sportssocialmd.com. When we come back in, Oh, boy. I'm still having some remnants of uh, allergy season creep in. You can still hear it every now and then. When I get going, I was ranting earlier. Uh, we come back in. I, I do want to revisit what we were talking about earlier with the Orioles and the trade deadline. And there are a couple other things before we get to tidbit and tubular that I'd filed away. Some that I wanted to talk about with Jeremy. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that. But we'll get to them nonetheless. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charm City match, July 16th, under the lights at MT Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Kronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the Fan's got a busy week. I believe he's doing three shows this week. Tonight, he and Ross Grimsley and Luke Jackson are just going to have sort of a baseball powwow show for you. I know on Wednesday, speaking of the PLL, uh, recently retired PLL legend Kyle Harrison, former Johns Hopkins Blue Jay, is going to catch up with the guys, talk about his new role with the PLL moving forward from his playing career. And I have suddenly blanked. He told me what they're doing. Oh, I believe Terry Hasseltine is going to join him on Thursday. Um, talk about, again, the fallout from uh, the World Cup and what's next. So busy week for Stan the Fan. Facebook.com slash Sports. And if you missed the shows live, PressBoxOnline.com slash video, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline the next day. Griffin, you are a very young man. You are 22, correct? I'll be 22 at the end of the month. Jesus yeah. Christ, that is terrifying. So you have not yet entered the part of your life where bachelor parties are really a thing. Uh, No. Yeah. Yeah, not yet. Um, There was a story that came out over the weekend about U.S. Open winner Matt Fitzpatrick. This came from Dan Rappaport, who is a writer for Golf Digest, and he sent the following pair of tweets. Impossible to overstate how disciplined Matt Fitzpatrick is, but this might help. A few weeks ago, his friend had a bachelor party in Florida. Matt offered his house for them all to stay at and to use as they please. But it was the week before the PGA Championship, so he told them he absolutely, under no circumstances, would participate in any debauchery. He practiced all day, had dinner with them, and stayed in his room while the boys raged all night. And it was a question I was going to pose to Jeremy, because Jeremy is a, a, a bit of a partier, and Jeremy, I know, has been a, a man who's attended quite a few bachelor parties. At a certain age, you are more capable. I would say now, like if you invited me to your bachelor party, I'd be willing to go, but I would be a bore. Like I would, ju- I mean, I would be there. I'd have that's not true. I'd have fun, but I would not be drinking. I would not be, you know, imbibing in in much of any way. I've just being a parent and having as many jobs as I do. I'm now. I'm probably four years into this essentially, but it took me until my mid thirties to be able to say like I don't need to do that. I I have other priorities. At twenty seven. N- no ch- the, uh, no chance in all hell. Zero. Zero chance. I don't care what would be going on the next day. I get the biggest job interview of my life the next day, and I would still be out raging and partying with the boys at a bachelor party the night before. I could needed to have been needing to do TV the next day. I could have been needing I could have been doing 6 a.m. radio the next day and I would have been out drinking my ass off until 3 a.m. napping for 2 hours and then getting through it the next day. 
Now, I get it. There's a lot more at stake money-wise for Matt Fitzpatrick, of course. There's much more to be made playing in the PGA Championship than there was for your boy going and doing like a hit on Fox 45 or whatever the hell I was doing at the time. But still, it at, an, at a certain age, there's such a belief of invincibility that I don't think I would have been capable of having the foresight that Matt Fitzpatrick did to say, no, I'm not going to join you. I, at 27, would 100% have been like, ah, oh, hell, it's golf. I can do that in my sleep. I can do that while I'm drunk. No need. I'm good. Now, I mean, does he deserve a, another medal for it? No, by no means. Is this like a, does he deserve a certificate of valor for the fact that he didn't get, you know, pissed drunk at his buddy's bachelor party? It's a unique story, and I, I think it's it's fun to think about the hypotheticals of whether or not I'd be capable of it. I'm admitting openly. At 27, no chance. At 27, the hell with it. I'm, 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 especially if they're coming to my house. Like, I might be capable of saying, like, guys, you're not going to throw the bachelor party at my house. That's not going to happen. Because if you do, I'm going to get effed up. And I can't get effed up. I can't do that. I have to play in a little thing called the PGA Championship. Not sure if you've heard of it. There are some folks that are a bit familiar with it. I, I don't, hmm, trying to think. I don't think there's a chance that if, if, if it was at my house, if I was there, that I would be able to avoid participating at 27. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's, even if it, you know, if it's in the same town also, probably. I mean, yeah, yeah like if it's. Yeah, like if, if, okay, and I don't know where Matt Fitzpatrick yeah. lives, but let's just say it's West Palm, right? Like, let's say he lives in West Palm and. The boys are like, hey, we rent out a condo in West Palm. We're coming down. Come over and hang with us, yeah, I mean, right? If, if it's within 20, 30-minute drive, for sure. And again, now, once You're I at least in, making an into appearance. My, into my mid-30s, I'm good. Like, ah, sorry, fellas, not going to be able to make it. Got stuff going on. 27, no chance. No ch- 27, I might lie to myself and say, like, ah, I can't go over there. I got I got the PGA Championship coming up. I got things to do. And then the moment, it's, it's very much a Frank the Tank situation from old school. Once it hit your lips, it tastes so good. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you're dealing with. 27, all right, boys, I'll, I'll stop by and say hello. Maybe I'll have dinner with you. We, yeah. can, we can go to a nice steakhouse. It'll be on me. And then all it takes is the boys being like, come on, Maddie. <laughs> Maddie Fitz. Come on, dude. This is this is Jimmy's final weekend. This is his last this last last John is a free man. Come on. Let's go. We're going out. We're heading to the club. We're going to the strip club. Whatever it is. And I'm like, ah, hell. All right, boys. I'll come out with you. What's what's losing some sleep for one night? And then all of a sudden it turns into five days. <laughs> You're like, what the hell just happened? Don't show up for the PJ championship. Um, yeah, there's just no way. There's just no way. I would be capable of having, um, again, not not saying it's, you don't put him on Mount Rushmore because here is the hero that avoided getting pissed drunk at his buddy's bachelor party. I'm not suggesting that that's the case, but I, I do think that it is uh, not something that I would have been capable of doing at the same age. I believe at the same age I would have been effed up. Yeah, I've been playing golf. Stupid golf. I can do that in my sleep. Let's go, boys. Think I can't beat Will Zalatoris because I had a couple of brewskis? 
quite a stroke of maturity from the young yeah, man. Worked it worked out quite yeah. well. I mean, he didn't win the PGA Championship, but uh, uh, he certainly is quite dedicated. There is uh, there is apparently no doubt about that. All right, um, let's go ahead and start winding down for a Monday edition of the program. Today's show and tidbit is brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It is our first ever salute to coaches issue. John Harbaugh is on the cover as he enters year 15 as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Inside, we celebrate other coaches who are at or are approaching milestones or recently surpassed milestones in their own coaching career. Coaches like Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, UMBC soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, as well as poly basketball coach Kendall Peace and uh, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy. Also recently retired coaches Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins, Lou Eckrell from Calvert Hall, all honored in our first ever salute to coaches issue with the players whose lives and careers they impacted the most being the ones telling the stories of what has made these coaches so special and so capable of standing the test of time. You can find that print issue of Press Box, as I mentioned, right now. Tidbits. All right. So, yeah, it's an off day for the Orioles. It's kind of a down day for baseball as, as a whole. But it's actually, when you look at it, it's kind of an underrated, underrated night in baseball. There's a lot of really good pitching matchups tonight. Oh. Uh, let's see. we got Logan Webb, Max Freed going, going off, uh, Braves Giants, mm. Jose Barrios, Lance Lynn making his second start of the season after – a knee injury was sidelining him. Uh, Corbin Burns and Miles Mikolos. Syndergaard and Darvish going uh, pitching okay. tonight. Not against each other, but those two are pitching. Uh, but a lot of good pitching at matchups tonight. And headlining the Yankees and Rays, Garrett Cole versus Shane McClanahan, two of the big strikeout leaders this season. They're both top four in strikeouts per nine this season in okay. Major League Baseball. You're going to uh, ask me who the others are? I would like to know who the others are. Let's go uh, for, I think you should be able to get top eight. I should be able to get the top eight. You have two of them. Right. Thank you. Uh, Cole <laughs> and McClanahan. Those are going to be my first guesses. So. McClanahan is second this season with a 12.06 strikeouts per nine remarkable. this season. Uh, I'll say Corbin Burns. There you go. He's number third in action tonight. Number number third. Yeah, number third. <laughs> All number third. <laughs> 11.44 strikeouts per nine this season. How many am I trying to get? Let's get eight. And that includes Cole and McClanahan? Or it does, yeah. So you have, right now you have two, three, and four. Garrett Cole is fourth. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to do well with this. Um, <laughs> I think number, number one's surprising, but uh, it, it makes sense. He's Number one's surprising, but it makes sense. Okay. Um, well, there's guys I want to guess, but then like that guy was hurt. That guy's not. Uh, um, Jesus. How about, how about Justin Verlander? Justin Verlander not in the top eight. So far this season. Bummer. Plenty of time. God, he sucks. Fire him. Uh, he sucked uh, last week, but Kevin Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman is not in the top eight. Gaussman has 80 strikeouts this Not season. a great start. <laughs> um, Just disgusted at this list. There's so many Yankees. Oh, good. So there's other Yankees. There's, other there's one other Yankee in the top eight. There's one other Yankee in the top eight. Severino? Yeah, Luis Severino. 10.91 okay. strikeouts. Per nine innings this season, putting him at sixth. Uh, it is Rodon. Tough. Yes, Car- uh, yes, Carlos Rodon. 
fifth on the list, 11.22. How about how about uh, 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 not Justin Bieber, Shane Bieber? Shane Bieber is high, but he is not top eight. Well, don't he know. had a slow start. You don't know. You should not be making allegations like that, sir. I don't care how well you think you know Shane Bieber. <laughs> you have no idea what he's doing right now. All right? You're right. So I don't. let's not. He, he, let's he, ease he'll up likely, on all that. He'll likely be top eight by the end of the season, but he had a slow start. Uh, Alcantara. Season. No. These are, uh, they are all, all starters. I mean, I figured. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nola. Also Nola. Or Aaron Nola? Yeah, Aaron no. Nola. He is not top eight. Just sitting just outside. Uh, how about... Need number one and number seven and eight. Robbie Ray. No, not Robbie Ray. He's, he also got hit hard to start the season. Bieber and Ray on my fancy team. That's why I'm kind of upset that's with them. But they're, they're turning around lately. I mean, Ray had that no-hitter for a while. Uh, you might need to start giving me uh, some All right, let's sort of see. reference. Uh, sure. Two National League players. One, one of them on the defending world champs. Uh, it's not Freed? It's not Freed. Kyle Wright? Close. Kyle Wright just outside. Jesus. Uh, older guy. Old, older guy. Older guy. Older older guy in Atlanta. Older guy. Yeah. In Atlanta. Charlie Morton? Charlie Morton. He is number eight. He's 10.02 strikeouts per nine innings. A little bit of a renaissance for him. I mean, probably Charlie Morton's when he's been healthy. He's yeah, pitched well he's for, for a while. Um... Uh, let me think of a hit. Uh, other than just tell you what team he's on, because this one is tough. He, he's a Cincinnati Red. Hunter Green? Not Hunter Green. I don't know if I can name it. Uh, I don't know if I name Tyler Molly. I I definitely know who that is. You don't know who he is? Eighty six strikeouts this season and seventy four innings no pitched. Idea. And Tyler number Ma- one, Molly 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 whatever. Yeah. Uh, AL Central team. AL Central team. The White Sox. Cease yeah. is it? Yeah, Dylan yeah. Cease. 97 strikeouts and 68 innings pitched. 12.84 strikeouts per nine. That's rough. This, this season. This, is, this, though, is the type of time of year with basketball being over yeah. where I should be more in tune with what's been going on in MLB season. Well, I'll help you with tidbit. tidbit, tidbit Thank by you. Tidbit. Appreciate that. I'll get, get there. Your, get you up on your uh, baseball stats. Hey, a uh, quick reminder. I'm going to be a part of a uh, charity car wash event this Saturday, and you might have seen on social media that uh, I'm going all in, and I have purchased a uh, a Speedo that's got uh, an interestingly placed hot dog on the front of it. And I am trying to help our friends at KNS Automotive raise money for the Hamden Family Center, but I need you to come join me. We'll be there 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturday. I might not be able to stay the whole time, but I'll definitely be there 9 a.m. to at least noon, maybe 12.30. I need you to come by. We will... Wash car. We need to try to help raise some money for the Hamden Family Center. Uh, no pictures, please. Like, let's. I don't need that on the internet. But, and I'm thinking about it. I've, I've said I've debated. What I might do is like a, like a rip away pants, like they used to wear at basketball games. So like, I'll I'll show up in like my warm ups, and if you're there and you're there to see me, and I'll rip away my my pants and I'll reveal the hot my dog. sexy hot dog speedo for you. But I need you to be there. Need you to come out and help us support the Hamden Family Center this Saturday, right here in Hamden, KNS Automotive, on Falls Road. I will be sending out on uh, social. I'll be linking up uh, more details throughout the week. But please come out 
and uh, support the Hamden Family Center this Saturday by getting your car washed by uh, the boys of Hamden at KNS Automotive. Tubular, brought to you by Simply the Bets, which returns tomorrow morning at 11.40 a.m. Join us as we break down the week in sports betting. A lot of baseball to discuss. We'll see if there's still much to discuss about the Stanley Cup Finals after tonight. There might not be. There just might not be much more to say about the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, But we'll be doing it on Simply the Bets tomorrow morning, 11.40 a.m., Hope that you will join us. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. As Griffin mentioned, kind of a light night. Um, their Stanley Cup Final Game 3 is tonight on ABC, 8 o'clock. Avalanche Lightning series shifts to Tampa as the two-time defending champions try to put up some sort of resistance in this Stanley Cup Final. MLB Network, Marlins Mets at 1, FS1, Cardinals Brewers at 8. Uh, College World Series, Texas eliminated yesterday. Today, Auburn and Stanford at 2 o'clock, an elimination game, and then Ole Miss and Arkansas at 7. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. And that's it for sports stuff. Anything non-sports-wise? See, there's uh, American Ninja Warrior tonight at 8 on NBC. Um, Our boys, the Impractical Jokers, staying in the news cycle. They're on Seth Meyers. Our boys. Yeah, our boys. Our boys. They're on on Seth Meyers tonight. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then there's a new uh, docu-series, new new true crime series uh, premiering on HBO at 10 o'clock tonight called Mind Over Murder. There was like a 60-some-year-old woman. Not, I'm that not was, uninterested. Yeah, she was murdered in the 80s, and there was like six different people that like conspired to kill her, and they were all convicted, and then they like overturned the case. Mm-hmm. And they all walked, and now they're looking at it again, and they're like, wait, no, we did have the right killers? I don't know. It right, seems listening. fascinating. Seems, uh, seems interesting. I'm listening. Um, so, so it's like a six-part series. Runs uh, okay. through July. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Find it all at glennclarkradio.com. Thanks today to um, Joel Corey of CBS. Thanks also to Logan Wisnowskis. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at Glenn. That one was kind of weak. That was weak? Yeah, you got you, you to gotta be more. Inf- <coughs> that type of. Like, we need more. You want more R. I, want mo- I just want more, I don't know, uh, in general. Okay. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, tomorrow, no idea. I don't think we have anything lined up yet. So stuff and things for tomorrow's show. That's what we got for you. Can't wait for it. It's going to be spectacular. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Royal Farms, Glory Days Grill, the Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter is how you follow him. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Monday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.